Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling, Entrepreneur Coach. He is David Foster, Founder Coach. Today, we want to talk about something that Rochelle and I get more often than not, and that is people requesting, how do I simplify my business? Mm. Everything's too chaotic, there's too much demand, and how do I simplify? Mm. And that sort of reminds me of well, a quote that is sometimes attributed to Winston Churchill, sometimes to Pascal, but it's basically, if I had had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Yeah. And that goes to the whole idea of simple is really hard. And in some ways, it's easier to have a more complex or chaotic business, but there is that urge to simplify. Mm. Do you hear the same thing? Yeah. A lot. Um, I think mm -hmm. one of the top things that indeed people ask me is like, I'm getting like almost used or enslaved by the business. I feel like it's become a monster. Like I know what I want. I'm no longer mm. in that starting phase. I know that I should be here and there and the business is showing that proof, but I'm not the proof of it yet. I haven't transformed the way I operate or the way I, I lead. And I think, yeah, much of this comes down to complexity or un unrelevant complexity in business and operations. So I think this is a very yeah. important topic to talk about. I, and I think it begs a question too. And that is, you know, when I talk to people, a lot of times I say, well, do you want to simplify the business hmm. or do you want to simplify your role in the business? Right. Right. And you know, those are two very necessary, but two very separate things. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later in other episodes in a more specific way, but when we're talking, I think it'd be really useful to say, okay, well, this is about yep. the founder, the entrepreneur's role, yep. what he or she does on a daily basis. And this is how the business works. Right. 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 And there obviously there's, there's a big overlap between those two things, but they are two very separate things. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, maybe we can start out with like, what are the benefits of things being simple? Mm -hmm. um, where to start on that one, right? <laughs> I, I think that we can go by saying that an entrepreneur is um, willing, or at least that is his or her role, um, able to, to make sure challenges are solved or at least tackled. Mm -hmm. um, so complexity is part of what we sign up for. Mm -hmm. Yet, if we overcomplicate the way we run our business, or indeed we complify or complicate our um, our role in the business, we're actually making it harder to be a successful mm -hmm. business owner. So, mm -hmm. the benefits of not having that complexity and and clarifying and simplifying the business and the way you run it comes down to more business success easier operations, um, more alignment in the team, and an mm -hmm. easier time making decisions and leading. That would be my top five. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would translate for me some of that into when it's simpler, there's less load mm -hmm. on the, the owner of the business, the founder, entrepreneur, and in some ways there's less load on the employees or the rest of the team, yep. right? Because the the operation, so to speak, doesn't have to be figured out every time you go through it, right? Yep. And I think I think that's a huge benefit. 
And because the business is easier to operate, it's easier to see when things don't work and how to fix them because mm-hmm. they stand out as anomalies instead of a business that's basically made of anomalies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also easier for people outside the business to understand. So a lot of the people we work with have investors or they're yep. trying to get investment. Something that's really chaotic is hard to explain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard for somebody else to understand. Mm-hmm. But also the potential customers, when you go in and you're trying to convince, whether it's the big customer in a B2B business yep. or you're trying to convince people on the website for a consumer business, like if it's simple, it's better. Yep. So I think there's the absence of load, but that then there's also the benefit that comes from simplicity. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think we also have to take just a really small tangent, or at least I want to. Mm-hmm. Complexity is often a code word for chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you see yeah. that too? Yeah, because actually I was just thinking about the quote you gave in the beginning that indeed it's it's harder to write a short email or letter in that case. Mm-hmm. And the same mm-hmm. goes for business. It's easier to complicate it, to make it harder to work with or work in than to make it simple because mm-hmm. this is kind of how it all works. We mm-hmm. add things, we say yes to things, we don't decide on things the right way, but we make the decision um, we have commitments that we don't think we can decommit, um, things like that happen. And it just, I mean, it piles up and that piling up is where we get caught up. We get frustrated, we get overwhelmed and it's like, wait, why am I even doing this? Um, so I think it's very easy to, to complicate a business. And yes, I see this often. Um, I think it goes like on the one hand by saying that there's some products that are just not useful. They're not bringing that much money anyway. There's not much demand for it. So there's a, a focus on things that shouldn't even be there. But on a mm-hmm. deeper level, it's it's often the processes and the way of thinking of strategy that is just overcomplicated or just not well thought through that is making operations to the day-to-day very, very complicated. Yes, 100% agree. And I want to add to that, that even in behavior that's, ultimately really negative and extreme behavior, you know, whether you're talking about like a chemical dependency or some kind of like social aberration, Mm. there's a piece of the person and sometimes a big piece that that gets something out of that, right? And so I think we have to give a nod to the hardwiring that we have that the chaos and the complexity basically makes that person feel needed. Yep. Right. And so if you say, please copy me on all the emails to that customer. So I understand what's going on. That is like, well, I need to be involved and look, we're social animals. We want to be needed. Right. And so you can get caught in that slippery slope. Like, you know what, this project isn't going to be done unless I'm involved or I check in or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think once you expose that, sort of hardwiring that makes us have that tendency, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to identify and almost like diffuse. Hmm. Right. That makes sense. And I think that's the, you know, the attraction of that kind of noise, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you do want a business that's easier to operate, if you do want a day that's easier to accomplish, 
you have to you have to resist that a little bit. Yep. But I also want to go back to something that you said. You you said why am I doing this or why am I even doing this? Yep. And I think that's the path through because what we're really talking about is figuring out how important things are that you do. Exactly. I mean, it all comes down to what moves the needle, what really, really, yeah. truly moves the needle. And if that question is not top of mind in your day-to-day, in your month reviews, in your year plans, then you're going to get to everything and do everything half and, and not finish it well, not focus on it ha- uh, well enough. So yeah, it comes down to really making some tough choices because in the end, we all have limited time, focus, and energy. Um, and um, I think how, yeah, maybe the larger the company gets, the more important it is to actually make sure that we, we protect the complexity and we just keep it simple. Um, mm-hmm. Because this is actually, well, a recipe for disaster for, for multiple parts of the business. Um, mm-hmm. And to, to step back to what you said about being important or wanting to be important in whatever phase of the business, I think that's also reality that many founders and entrepreneurs who have gone through the first phases and have you know had success and the business is up and running in, in a well, well way, then the business has transformed into something bigger, something larger, something more heavy. But then also mm-hmm. you need to look at your own role and see that indeed you need to change with that role. And it might include or might entail that you should not be CC'd in every email or you should not be involved in that project or you should let go of certain pro- uh, products in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. So that complexity is one thing, but it's also how do I align again with that business as it, it's growing and as it's getting more mm-hmm. mature in, in many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. And, you know, one of the analogies that I like to use in this situation when a business is growing and uh, the founder is sort of um, being pulled in so many different directions mm-hmm. is think about, you know, like a small pleasure boat and you have to navigate that pleasure boat through a channel. Yep. Okay. Now think about doing the same thing with a container ship. <laughs> Tens of thousands of times bigger you, you still have a steering wheel mm-hmm. you still have throttles yes yeah, some of the principles of how that boat can navigate are different but it's not like the captain of the container ship is 10,000 times more strong to be able to move the rudder mm-hmm. right it's just they're a little bit more removed from the day-to-day yeah. and so okay so how do you figure out what matters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it starts with, well, this is where I'm going, or these are my goals, or this is what I'm trying to do today, this week, this month, mm-hmm. you know, this, this year, and then look at how can I prove what I'm doing actually matches or gets me closer to those goals. Right. So that comes with experimentation as well, like looking into a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like what actions actually lead to results and, and thus how can I re-navigate or recalibrate my role in, Mm -hmm. in, in terms to serve those, those goals. Mm -hmm. But as you said, like it is the same kind of setup. If you have a smaller boat, pleasure boat or a big ship container, a container Mm -hmm. ship. Um, but still the principles are the same. 
It's just when things get bigger and larger, more serious and more challenging, it doesn't mean you have to get more complicated. So I think mm -hmm. that that has to be separated in your mind. And, and when you are looking into how to operate that best, it, it comes down to, as we said, what matters and what truly moves the needle, but also what is making it harder to operate and actually get close to the yes. goals and actually reach the goals. What is making it harder? Is it me? Is it a process? Is it a person? Is it a way of doing things? And, and that is something that should be on your radar, um, I think, 24-7. Yes, no matter the size of the boat. Mm -hmm. And what we're not saying clearly right now, I think, is probably something that we agree on, is that if you, if you have your list of things that you're doing mm -hmm. and you can prove that three or four of them actually, in your words, move the needle, what are the, what are the other six there for? Yeah. Because that is, in some ways, the definition of chaos. You're paying attention. You're giving energy to things that don't actually benefit you. Yeah. Because when you think of a chaotic situation, like your attention is just ping-ponging all over the place, right? Yeah. And like, how do I figure out what to watch? Yeah. But when you're in a simple situation, you're just talking to somebody and there's no distraction, well, you know exactly what to watch. And so be brutal about the stuff that you cut out. Yeah. Be sure, or at least relatively sure, but be brutal and ask yourself, why am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think for at least my experience with some of the people I work with, the answer to that is something connected to it makes me feel needed. Yeah, yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And, and therein lies like, the, I don't know, the, the gray area that we work in, like some of it is sometimes quite personal and some of it's rather practical, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can so agree that indeed in our, in our coaching academy, it's exactly this, that people don't want to complicate for the matter of complicating because it looks cool. It's rather they want to mm. be involved. They just want to, you know, still be that the big guy. Um, it, it's part of what made the business successful. So why would they be cut out? It, it actually feels mm -hmm. wrong, personally speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a big a bit of ego involved. But I don't think that when you cut yourself out of the daily things and, and not be that bottleneck anymore, that you have become super irrelevant. Actually, I think you've become more important because you're doing the right stuff mm. and might not be so visible in the day to day. Um, but mm -hmm. I think actually that is what is making sure that boat is still floating, literally. Um, yes. And, right. And it, it's rather, as you say, like, uh, be, be brutal about what you focus on, but also make those decisions and stick to those decisions that you are not going to do something. And that also comes with de, um, committing literally yes. staying and going Letting back go. to somebody and saying, Hey, wait, we agreed on this. We were doing this before, but Hey, looking at the goals, doesn't make sense that I'm doing it or doesn't make sense that we're doing this at all. Um, and, and that's also part of being brutal. I think that's a great word for today. Be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Be brutal in yeah. the right way. In the right context. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And that idea of relevance mm. or worth, mm. one of the things that I think that works, because I've seen it happen and, and been part of it happening, is, hey, what, what could you actually do if you didn't spend 50% of your time on shit that didn't matter? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, it's a very freeing thing. Yeah. It might be a little intimidating, mm -hmm. right? It it might be it might be intimidating because, well, if I let go a little bit and this business 
in some way runs with less of my managing and involvement mm -hmm. and I go to do something else, I might fail. Yeah. Yeah, you might. Mm -hmm. But you've got a hell of a, a safety net behind you and you can start doing things in a very measured way and think of how also as a side benefit, think of how great it will be for the people who work with you to see you do that to fail, to learn, and to reapply yourself, mm -hmm. which is a completely different episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> to actually hop onto that topic, if you are in the position to actually step out and do a different, you know, be responsible for different things and, and try out and fail, that means that indeed, or at least, the business foundations are in place. At least mm -hmm. the, the business foundations are solid. And I think that yes. this is also something that we might want to address in a later episode, but if we grow and complicate the business and the business has been successful, but you know, there's always room to improve. It can still be that the business foundations are super out of, out of place and out of order. And when mm -hmm. you step out of those operations, because you have, you know, uh, gained that, that operation, uh, freedom, then it actually might be the case, um, that your business needs more foundational solidity. And, and work on yeah. that. And I think actually that could be one of the things you'd be working on then, going back into that deeper, basic part of the business, making sure that it's actually able to scale from, from wherever it is at the moment. Uh, but you can only see that once you step out and, and make sure that you decomplify or decomplicate. Yeah. Yes. And that's something that I actually find myself talking about or you know, in my past doing quite frequently is looking at that foundation, how does the business work? Yes, you should look at your own job description. That's one of the things in my notes, like look at your own job description, what is it actually that you're responsible for? But you should also look at the job descriptions of everybody else in the business. Do those job descriptions work well together? Mm -hmm. Does the job description actually reflect what that person does? Are there holes? Are there things that are duplicated? That makes a business simpler mm -hmm. because the chaos comes in all the cracks and duplications and mm -hmm. the, ways, the way they don't work. And again, to go back to the opening, like it's not easy, mm -mm. right? And even if you have you know, a really small business with 10, 12 people in it, Mm -hmm. And it's been going, you know, fairly well for, for a while, but you think that it's too complicated and you're trying to simplify it. You're trying to clear out some of the dead wood and make the foundation stronger. Mm -hmm. That necessarily takes an awful lot of time staring out the window yeah. and thinking it through. Whether you're doing it on note cards or Figma or Miro or, you know, interpretive dance, whatever the thing is to figure it out, like go ahead and do it. But but don't stop. And that doesn't mean like not to work hard, right? Like that doesn't mean that you want to simplify things in a direction that everything is easy, but in order to work hard, it needs to be clear. It needs to be super clear what we're doing. And I think if you don't have that clarity as an owner, as a CEO, then I don't think your business can have that either. Um, but decomplifying things, I think, um, sorry, decomplicating things. I keep on saying that, uh, comes with like so many different aspects of mm -hmm. simplifying. I mean, 
we can look at stepping out of operations. We can look at what are we focusing on. We can look at time for strategy. We can look at, as you said, job mm -hmm. descriptions. Um, but I think the bottom line is just understanding where am I spending my time and effort and where is it not making an impact and really looking at that matrix of you know, time, effort, and impact. And uh, if you can kind of pinpoint what you're doing, all the 20 responsibilities that you're, you're, you're actually carrying and put them on the matrix, you'll see that only like four of them probably are worth it right now in this phase of the business. Yeah, and, and this is going along with something that, that I do and I also think about this is that look at, look at your list for the day and really look at the list. What are you actually going to do? What are you actually wanting to do? What are you responsible for? And, you know, we can take a page out of the diet industry and say, write down everything that you do for a week. Not yeah. your memory of it, but set something on your phone so you write down what you do every hour what, and be yep. really realistic about it. Because, you know, as an analogy, some of the times I work with people and they say, all I needed to do was make dinner and, I, and it, it went sideways. And that's, we have to take that apart. Are we talking about making dinner because in, in a way of you have to find out what everybody wants, allergies, diet restrictions, et cetera. You have to come up with a recipe. You have to go to two stores to get the stuff for the recipe to be made. Then you end up having to go to a third store because the second store didn't have it. Do you have to clean the kitchen before you start? Then make dinner, then serve it, and then clean up. That's a completely different list than all I have to do is make dinner, meaning I walk into the kitchen, everything's prepared for me to put it together, I make dinner, and then I walk exactly. out. What kind of list yeah. do you have, right? Right, which then brings me to a point um, in that regard of knowing what it takes to get something done. Mm. <laughs> I think that is also a different topic, but if you don't know what it takes to get something done, uh, even if it were to be something that you should be focusing on, then you're also probably not spending enough time on the right things. I mean, even if you were to have that space. So if we were to say, theoretically speaking, you have 20 responsibilities going on, of which four make an impact, um, are relevant for the business in this phase. Um, <clears throat> so you clear up your, your calendar. Mm -hmm. That's great mm -hmm. news. But then still you need to know what exactly you need to do. And as you said, is it already prepared before I walk in? Or am I still needing to do all the you know, all the small things. Before yeah. That. And I, th I look, um, I think we have to admit that a lot of the people that we work with, a lot of founders and entrepreneurs, they're coming up with something new. And so that question yeah. that you ask is a very reasonable question. At the same time, I think that it's just as reasonable to say, well, we don't know the actual answer to that. There's mm -hmm. some people I work with that are developing like incredibly complex things. And we're talking about projects that take many years and they're doing something that isn't technically possible right now. Okay. So do we know exactly what it takes? Not yet, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that doesn't justify a, a to-do list or an chaotic approach because that's going to make you less right. effective. So it's kind of a balance, I think in that, right. in that way. And, mm -hmm. I think when it comes to lists, like we, a lot of us, we, ha we all have so many ideas. Oh, I should do this. I should do that. This would be great. 
But if we go back to the idea of being brutal, be really brutal about mm -hmm. what goes on today's list and what goes yep. on the maybe someday, you know, that kind of like getting things done type of description. Like, yeah, that's a good idea, but I'm not doing it today. And I'm not going to feel bad about mm -hmm. it. And I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm going to do it. Yeah. Which also brings me to why do we overcomplicate what's on our plate? Or why do we overcomplicate uh, what we're doing in the business or in the day-to-day? -day? Mm -hmm. I think one of the answers would also be because we don't want to sit ourselves down and focus and do some deep work on something that's super hard and super complicated and super complex. Because it is easier to go after things that don't really matter. Chaos is easier. No question yeah. about it. And you, you mentioned the deep work. It's on my list. Like I'm a big fan of what Cal Newport has done and yep. written about. Yep. And it, every single person that goes through this, as far as my experience goes, they are amazed what they can get done in just 90 minutes. Yep. Right. No yep. phone, no screens, no meetings. They don't answer to anybody coming to the door and do that for a month. Yeah. Just 90 minutes. Talk to you later. <laughs> yes. Yes. And talk about simplicity. It makes everything that we've talked about a whole lot easier to figure out. Yeah. In order to do so, in order to clear the agenda for deep work, things mm -hmm. that really matter when we're trying to simplify you have to take yourself out of day to day. Yes. But mm -hmm. we also need to take ourselves out of literally the day and go somewhere else, go into nature, go mm -hmm. into a completely different environment, block that day, block multiple days if needed, and actually get some stuff done, make some decisions, be thorough, because now you have the time and nobody knows where you are, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have actually uh, advices to a couple of clients just to actually go out there and clear the agenda and literally be gone and make some decision that you always feel like, yeah, I just have to put it up for tomorrow. I don't have the time now. And you never get to it. And look at your business now. It's not as you want it to be. It's complicated. And you want things to be different, but you don't have the time and space to actually think it through. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the practical things I would love to, to share. Um, as I think it comes down to having that mental space too. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And another thing that gives you that mental space is getting really good at delegation. Yeah. And that is a skill. Like, look, starting a business and running a business, two different things. Different. Yes. But there's a fair amount of support out there to be able to make the transition. Mm -hmm. But one really great question to ask when something comes up, because we all know we have our list and then the day hits the list and blows it into smithereen. The day hits the list. Yes. Yes. And that is your, that is your task to manage that. And when you are in that transition and you're starting to run a business and there are other people involved, you have to change the question. And the question is not, how am I going to get this done? Who is going to get this done? Yep. And you end up managing people. And if your people are good, they're going to be busy before that thing comes in that you're going to assign to them. And if if that person is switched on, that person will come back to you and say, okay, great. I understand that you want me to do this. Yeah. What do you want me not to do in place of this? I, I need some help. You know, like I need some help here. Now, a more experienced person might be able to manage that a little bit better, but they're still going to send communication your way to say, 
understand this is important and I've switched my attention to this, that means that this other thing is going to be a day later. Fair enough, right? Yes, because honestly, how else is it going to happen? Time, effort, impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once again. And then speaking of those people, um, what comes with having that time out of the operations and making decisions and doing some deep work, probably going to go back into the office and you're probably going to have to make some tough decisions that changes mm-hmm. the directory of how we do things or the processes or even how people work or even who works there. Um, and that is another step. I mean, we've gone from pride and wanting to be involved because we want to be important to taking the time and effort to actually make some decisions and Mm -hmm. set ourselves down to actually having the consequences there. Mm -hmm. And that part is the hardest for many to actually go in there and say, Hey, (laughs) that I actually carved out the time, this should be different. But that is just, as we talked about last week, ownership in a Mm -hmm. different kind of way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it especially with that layer of the chaos being, I don't know, somehow easier or safer than actually making the decision because you don't have to face the consequence. Yeah. And self-inflicted. Yes. Often. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, it, it's easier. And, and then easy is the wrong word in the sense that it makes it harder in the end, but it feels easier. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the least effort. Um, but it complicates things as we know. I think we'd summarize that as some kind of action that comes out as being bolder. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like Um, go ahead and stick your neck out a little bit on that because the, the opposite of that, the, the, the monster of chaos is just going to eat you alive and your business. And thus, Coming back to the point I made earlier, when your business grows and changes and, and becomes bigger in, in many ways, your role changes. And that might entail some different decision making, some mm-hmm. different kind of leadership mm-hmm. and also of you showing up differently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, being bold is probably one of the things that you haven't haven't had the time for yet or haven't didn't need to do yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, it's probably out of the comfort zone to make yeah. this happen. And I might edit what I said a little bit being bolder in an intelligent sure. way, sure. right? Like yeah. we can't, we can't just justify knucklehead behavior by saying it's bold. Oh no. I mean, brutal, we can also be misused, but That's we meant true. it well That's in true. the right context. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to leave people with here today? Getting some proof that what you are doing or intend to do actually moves the needle. And I would do as you say, write down what you do day to day, hour to hour, for a week. <laughs> see what your responsibilities are. See what you focus on and what you don't focus on. Put them on a matrix. Mm-hmm. Effort versus impact. And see what you're doing there, really. Mm-hmm. Look at the most important things. What is really moving the needle in the business? And where should I be focusing on more? Slashing things off that don't make any impact. Delegate them if needed. Otherwise, get them off completely. Um, be brutal, be bold. Right, right. And you know that we're, what we're really talking about is the, the 80-20 principle. That yep, 20% of, of what you do brings 80% of the benefit. Sure. And obviously the opposite of that is you could probably cut the right 80% out and mm-hmm. still do really well. 
to, to make that even more practical, look at that 100% and see where the 20% is of move, moving the needle and making yes. an impact and double down on that. Yes, yes. And let go of the other stuff. We also talked about the daily list. Is it doable? Is it practical? Is it related to that 20% that actually moves the needle? And I think that daily list sort of morphs into job descriptions and looking at that, which is, yes, very difficult, but necessary, especially when you start looking at other people's job descriptions. Yeah. And align those with the company goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to say again, the brutal part, like don't, don't be too gentle about realizing when you realize that something doesn't work, don't be too gentle about exactly. cutting it out. Don't be pleasing the business in the wrong way. Oh, that's interesting. Pleasing the I was about to say people yeah. pleasing, but that doesn't make sense. You're yeah. pleasing the business, business pleasing, but in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I would like to add, yeah, as I said, like have a solo day, go out there, make those decisions, but also be bold enough to make those bigger decisions when you come back. Um, because in the end, if you want a simpler business that runs smoothly without you being part of the bottlenecks, um, this is your chance. And yeah, it comes with yeah being really harsh in what needs to be done and not being like, oh, this yeah it should work out or yeah, there is some potential. No. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I completely agree because right you're talking about that idea of w- when you take a shower, that's when the thought comes to you. Yes. You don't have so many inputs that you're chaotic and confused. It's actually simpler, which is the topic of the episode. Yeah. Create the headspace. Create the headspace to actually make this happen. Simplify. And always look for this. Like every week, every month that you're evaluating, what can I simplify? Can Mm -hmm. this be easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a great point that it should be a regular practice. I think we're around the bend on this particular topic. Although we are going to come back because there's an awful lot related to it. Yes, I think so too. But I think, yeah, another great angle of looking into not being a bottleneck, making sure the business flourishes, making sure that you are beneficial Mm -hmm. to the business and making sure your people work in the way that that really makes an impact. And why don't you want this Mm -hmm. would be my Mm -hmm. my last point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.